Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. This is Janice Malone with Film Festival Radio Show. You are about to listen to one of our best of previously aired shows. But guess what? Stay tuned to this station because next week, same time, 12 noon, we'll be back with a brand new edition of Film Festival Radio with some brand new guests. So until then, have a wonderful rest of the weekend and an even better week. So we'll see you next Saturday. Bye-bye. It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Okay, it's Saturday and it's time for Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone, and my merry band of fun and talented guests. So how are you? How is your weekend coming along so far? I'm sure it's good. I just know it. I trust you. You have good weekends. Yes, you do. And in the event for the handful who are not having a good weekend, just keep listening to us. It'll, it'll all pan out. You'll feel so much better. Just watch. Watch what I tell you. Yearly. Um... I've had a good week. How about you? How's your week been? It's been really busy talking to, gosh, so many celebrities. Whew. Sometimes it's overwhelming, but it's all in the day's work. This is what we do around here. But anyway, to further speak of celebrities, we have not one, not two, but how about three very talented guests. We have two best-selling authors and uh a gentleman who is also very talented, and he is one of the contestants on NBC's hit show, Making It. And we have auditions. We have auditions in. You know how I feel about auditions. I love them so much. I've never done an audition. Anybody out there ever done? You ever done an audition? I, I never have. But I like talking about them, watching them. I have friends who've done it. So we're going to take a break. We're going to get to our auditions, and right after that, we'll bring you our first guest here on Film Festival Radio Show. We'll be right back. Up news about auditions and tryouts that could make you a star. Okay, we are back. We are back with more of the show, and as promised, it's time for auditions. Yes, it is. Okay, we've got three. We're going to We're going to try to squeeze in three if we can see how short we are or long we are on time. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Audition number one. If you are a very close-knit set of siblings, are you really close to your, your brothers, your sisters, maybe your twins, maybe your triplets? That's not the requirement, just as long as you're siblings. Well, a very famous TV production company and a hit TV series they're currently casting for siblings who are just inseparable. You, you, you just love each other so much. You do everything together. And um, this is for TLC. Yeah, you know, TLC is, is, 
is the, is the king, the queen, the reigning champion of these types of shows. So what they're looking for, again, it can be two sisters or two brothers, uh, you know, three, two sisters and a brother, just as long as you're siblings, multiples, that's fine. And you need to have a very close relationship, maybe live in the same city. If you do, that's a, that's a bonus. Or if you live in the same neighborhood, that's even more of a bonus. So siblings out there who are extremely close, you just love your sister or your brother or your both your sisters or two of your brothers or whatever the combo is, they are looking for you. Uh, this is a new TLC reality show that they are putting together. And if you live, live together, that's another one. If you live together, if you live in the same city or if you live in the same neighborhood, that makes it twice the fun. So what you need to do, you need to send uh, your names, yourself and your siblings, uh, the ages of everybody, the city and state where you live, your full contact information, which includes your phone number and your email address, and give a brief bio, just a brief bio about why you and your siblings are so close. Uh, nothing super long, of course. And then they want you to send several recent pictures of you and your siblings who are the siblings that you would like to do this show with. And also, most importantly, you have to be over 18 years of age or older, and you must live in the U.S. Unfortunately, right now it's not other countries, but 18 years of age or older, live in the U.S., and sending those names of uh, yourself, your siblings, city and state, where you live, full contact information, phone number, email address, brief bio about your yourself and your siblings, and several recent pictures. And you need to send all of that to siblingtvcasting at gmail.com. That's pretty simple, pretty easy. Sibling, S-I-B, B as in boy, L-I-N-G, tvcasting at gmail.com. Send it all in. Okay. Next, oh, oops, I hit something here. Audition number two. NFL season, hey, we're already in, in practice there. They already started training camps. Well, this is a good one if you're a big fan of, of uh, football. The NFL and Amazon Prime Video are searching for the biggest NFL fans in the country. Yes, that I means you, you've got to be a big fan. And you know you're big fans of the Raiders, of course. So if you have a favorite NFL team and it is your lifelong passion, I mean, this team, you, you're just ride or die. You're like the cheeseheads. Yeah, they're ride or die fans. If you're like that, you just have to take part in this. If you just can't even imagine yourself of missing a game of your favorite football team, these producers want to hear from you, okay? The NFL and Amazon Prime Video are looking for the biggest fans in the NFL. Yes, that's you. You need to email, no, you don't. You need to go to this website. Go to this website. The website is interesting title. It's called tinyurl.com, the forward slash mark, C-C football. Tiny like in small, T-I-N-Y, uh, U-R-L.com, the forward slash mark, 
CC Football. And when you click on that link, it will open up to all of the details. It's a little short, a uh, little application form. It's, it's all there. So, hey, this is your opportunity. If you're diehard football fan, your favorite team, your team, your passion, your story, click on that link and get to work. You might get selected. And you can, you know, get some really cool stuff. Plus, you get to support your team. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think we have one more here. Let's go to that one here. This is kind of sort of like... Uh, this is the game show. The game show network, you know about the GSN. The game show network is looking for contestants who want to win ten thousand dollars. Yes, I should try out for this. Anyway, um, this is the new game show that they're uh, about to launch, and they're looking for contestants. And this is kind of the, the, the premise of it. Can you make a new word? Just by changing a letter, okay? Are you sort of like a walking dictionary? Do you love word puzzles? So if any of those three, if that's you, you love words, you you know, you're like a wordsmith or something, and, and you can just, you know, you're good at Scrabble, and you're just, oops, I'm hitting my microphone, and you're just good when it comes to words. This might be the game show for you. The executive producer of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is EPing this show. So from the minds of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, this new show on the Game Show Network, and they're looking for contestants. So, uh, and, and oh, you know what? This is the really cool part about this. You can apply for this. They're looking for teams, a team of two. They need two contestants. So it can be you and a friend, you and a family member, you and a coworker, you and a neighbor. Yeah. Looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you would like to apply for this, get the possible opportunity to win $10,000 of yourself and a friend, a relative or a coworker, whomever. This is what you need to do. Go to this uh, email, email address is wordshowcasting at gmail.com, wordshowcasting at gmail.com. That's what you need to do. And what you need to do is, let's get all of the details here. You need to send in uh, your name, your contact information, and the city and state as to where you live. Okay, and just send that email address in and say, hey, I'm interested in the new game show network uh, show, word show. I'm, look, I'm interested. Send me the details. That's pretty much it. And if you don't have a pen and paper right now, uh, we will be more than happy to send you that information. And, you know, the game show network is one of my favorite networks, so you can't go wrong. And finally, 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 another reality show. Producers are searching nationwide for people who are friends with their ex. <laughs> this new show is called You, Me, and My Ex. I know. It's wild. I know. But this is a click to it. If you're still friends with your ex, but you are now in a new committed relationship, but yet you're still friends with your ex, 
the producers want to hear from you. And it's a new reality show, of course. And again, the title of it is You, Me, and My Ex. So if you still have a close relationship with someone that you used to be romantically involved with and you want to try out for this new reality show and bring it to national attention, this is your opportunity. So what you need to do is you need to send your first and last name, uh, your telephone number, what else is this? Oh, the city and state where you live, and a short bio about the friendship. Okay, I used to be married to, or we used to date, we were engaged. It didn't work out, we're still buddies, and now I am in dating whomever. That's That's pretty much your bio. Do that. And then send some recent photographs. Okay, send photographs of yourself, uh, and if you have one of your ex and your current person, that's pretty much it. And so what you need to do is email all of that information to, let me get the correct email address here. Here it is. You need to send all of that information to X, EX, TV series casting at gmail.com. That's EX. TV series casting at gmail.com. And again, the show, it's a new show. And uh, I, I think the title is pretty cool. It's called You, Me, and My Ex. Oh, yeah. You know, that's going to be wild. So uh, it's probably going to be kind of funny, too. So if that applies to you and your situation with your current person and your former person, yeah, this might be something. And you can get to do it all on television and uh, have some fun. I don't know how much is paying, but if you are selected, uh, you'll get to find out all of that as well. You got it all. Make sure you email us if you did not get any of these email addresses. Info at filmfestivalradio.com. And we'll be more than happy to help you out on that and send you that information. Okay, hold on. We're, what are we doing? Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have more of Film Festival Radio. Okay, we are back with more of Film Festival Radio Show. And uh, oops, let me get me a little sip of tea right here. Sometimes I have to sneak in a little, little, just a little bit, a little tea there. Throat gets a little dry. I'm still adjusting to this dry climate because, you know, I moved here from a very humid climate of Texas and Nashville. And so, yeah. I'm adjusting, though. But anyway, uh, it's time for our first guest here. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about our first guest while he is coming on board here. Um, first of all, we're all familiar with uh, NBC's hit show, Making It, uh, hosted by Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman. Uh, airs on NBC every Thursday, 8 p.m. You know the show. We're they're now in season three, where they put the best um, talented makers from around the country. And what they do, is that if you haven't seen it, uh, it, they take on these these series of um, handmade projects that they have to complete them, but they have to do so in their very own unique and creative way. It's a competition show, and so each level of competition gets a little bit more difficult as each week passes, and grand finale is the least successful maker gets eliminated 
you know how these shows work. You know how competition shows work. But anyway, it all boils down to uh, the final craft off. And that will be the last two makers standing uh, to see who will be crowned uh, the winner of making it. And so uh, they've had some really good projects and very talented bakers on the show. And that includes my guest, our green light is blinking. He's on, on hold here. So I'm talking about Melanio Gomez. And yeah, Melanio, he's a very successful in his own right. He's a uh, business owner. He's a prop stylist. Uh, he's from the San Francisco area. And He's been a magazine editor, uh, interior design person, just a very multi-talented person when it comes to interior crafting and just, I have lots of questions because I'm a really huge fan of interior uh, design and such as that. Plus, he's a prop stylist that makes it even better. So let's bring on uh, Mario Melanio. Why am I calling Mario? Melanio. Melanio Gomez. Such a pretty name right now to find out more about his journey and how he ended up on NBC's hit show, Making It. I know it's a story, so let's bring him on. How are you? Hi there. Hi, I am doing just great, Melania. I love your name. Such a pretty name. Oh, thank you. It's my, um, it's my grandfather's name. Um, okay. It means um, a thousand years, uh, Milania. Milania, okay. So, yeah. Well, uh, here you are, a uh, surprise uh, visit on uh, Making It. So tell me, what was that like, what it's been like for you to uh, to be on this national show so far? Um, it's a little overwhelming. Um, you know, oh, once we came on, um, today was a little bit overwhelming because you, you, you get all the attention from your family and friends. Um, you know, that didn't know that you were even doing it. So it's, it's, uh, it's been great. The support has been amazing and, um, the support for, from the other cast members of, of, have been really great too, sort of welcoming and, and, you know, really looking forward to making, um, our prop, you know, making the projects on the show. Um, but in general, you sort of have to get used to all the attention, which is a little bit, um, overwhelming. <laughs> I can only imagine. And so, so what is was your journey to get on this show? Did you hear about the audition through friends or a posting, or how, how did you end up on the show? Yeah, I was. Um, someone had reached out to me, and they suggested that I audition, and then I did, and it was sort of the process, um, you know, happened sort of within um, the pandemic, like in the beginning of it, that you kind of. There was really nothing else going on, you know, and so I had sort of the time to, like, yeah, this, I love the show. I had watched um, two seasons of it before, and um, I bought it on, you know, um, iTunes or something like that, and, and I loved it, and I loved the project and the premise of it. So when someone um, sort of approached me about it, I, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I think it's fun. It's a fun show. It's a, it, I like that. It's sort of a nice show as far as, the, you know, it was a, like a positive show as far as the a reality TV goes. And I was sort of attracted to that. 
Well, it's definitely a positive show, uh, especially with, uh, you know, the lockdown. Now, I guess we can say semi-lockdown. People are still being relatively homebodies, and so this is some good entertainment, maybe inspire some people to get more into uh, the the craft fields and, you know, may have talents that you don't know you didn't have there. No, it's true. And, you know, in the beginning of it all, I think everyone cleaned. You know, I know I did. I spent maybe the first month organizing and cleaning. Uh-huh. And then after that, you're like, okay, I've done it all. <laughs> so, you know, like then you, you, you sort of see those projects that you have around the house. And I have, a, I have a ton of projects that I work on, you know, just sort of whether they're sewing projects or painting projects or putting up a shelf and all, all those things. Um, and but I'm a prop stylist, so I have those ongoing, ongoing projects that I can keep myself busy uh, with, and I'm lucky that way. But for other people, like my, my, I know in my family, like my sister, you know, she spent the time when she wasn't working, sort of doing uh, projects like making a fountain or you know, those things for their home that made it more comfortable because you were going to be around, or you know, you were going to be home so much. Um, and I think that was a real sort of lifesaver for a lot of people. Well, obviously, you've been a fan of the show uh, all along. So now that you are actually uh, have been on the show, is it as competitive as, as, as it looks on television, or is it a little bit more easier, or just what is that like, that part like? Um, it, it, is, it is competitive. A lot of it, the competition with yourself in a show like this because you want to do your best and you do look up at that clock and it's unforgiving. You know, like, you're like, oh, I have 20 minutes, I have 10 minutes, you know, that that kind of pressure. And oftentimes you're not thinking, for me anyway, I, I was more thinking of my own progression through it to get it done as opposed to looking around and seeing how everybody else was doing. And a lot of times I don't appreciate even what people um, did until the final when everything is sort of presented and you're just like, wow, that's incredible that person made. And so I'd say that the pressure of it was with yourself um, more than each other. You know, I think that um, they're all so talented um, and you have a – you have a general respect for somebody who does what you do, and they're really, really a talented bunch. And they're all really friendly, and they're just really likable. And um, we got on really well. So mm-hmm. that was, I think, the best thing that came out of the show, is that we're all sort of uh, lifelong people that we would actually want to be around. And so uh, for for your situation, was it difficult keeping – uh, everything a secret because uh, I know you guys when you're competing on these types of shows is pre-recorded and you yeah. have to keep it. And so for you, was it was it tough keeping it a secret from family and friends, your husband and such? Oh my God, yes. There's only a handful of people that actually knew what was going on, and um, all day right, uh, uh, right before the premiere, during the premiere, I'm getting texts saying, "Where are you? I thought this was." Where are you? <laughs> so I'm like, all all you can say is just please, just watch it to the end. Please, just watch it to the end. And, and I just had to keep typing that in. I'm like, no, no, no. I just just watch it to the end. <laughs> so even this morning, 
my mom called me and she's saying, okay, are, are, are you a judge on it? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm actually a competitor. She goes, are you going to make things? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, when are you going to do that? And I'm like, next week. And then it's like this whole explanation. And it's, it's just that all of a sudden they're presented with this, you know, like, I think I was on for three minutes, I think. Uh-huh. And so they're just like, now what? Like, what happens now? Like, there was no sort of preview, and it happens so fast. You know, I think when you're watching this show, the amount of work in, in the production of it for a three-hour challenge or even a six-hour challenge, it's a long time, and then it gets edited down so quickly because of the nature of the show. And so it moves really fast. Like, the edit is really, really fast, and so much is going on that, like, my I know that my mom was, like, completely lost when I was talking to her this morning. So I had to sort of, like, sit her down and explain it, you know, um, a little bit at a time. And that happened several times during the day with my relatives and, and some friends, too. And so the, even though uh, these, these challenges, as you said, can go three, four, five, six hours, so are you, are you guys just nonstop creating, crafting, you're just going nonstop? Do you get a break and drink some water? No. <laughs> yeah, you can. I think there was a code. If you go to the restroom, you had to, like, yell out a code. But, you know, that, that you have to, and you go, like, bolt. You know, the clock doesn't stop. And wow. I think that's like, ah, you know, you, can, you don't even want to drink anything in case you have to go to the bathroom. But it is a nonstop thing, and it's such an adrenaline rush uh-huh. when you're doing it because once they say make it, you have to, like, gather everything. You have to sketch. You have to figure it out. And a lot of times the stuff, you know, are tools that we haven't used before or a lot of the woodworking tools, you know, you might be familiar with. And so there's, like, a learning curve there. And I think for all of us, we were trying to um, – we teach challenge. We were challenge ourselves with a new skill. And okay. I think that that learning curve of that, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I never did this before. Or, you know, I this is the first time working with foam or whatever. Um, and um, that pressure is, <laughs> yeah, you, you do work throughout the three hours. You're exhausted, actually, when you're done and when the time when the time uh, buzzes and when they say time's up, you're they, just like, yeah. oh, I'm oh, so tired. Yeah. <laughs> the next time I watch this, I'm now that you've shared that, I'm really going to have newfound respect because, like, you know, when the the judges say, oh, go, I mean, they mean it, I see now. Yeah, they do. And, the, the, again, that, that clock is really unforgiving. It, you know, they're just like half hour, that's it. Ten minutes, five minutes, you're, you're just looking at it and you're, you're, your hands are shaking and you're just hoping to get it done and then you have to prioritize and at the same time, you know, you're running in and out of the barn mm-hmm. um, to work on tools because you can't spray paint inside or whatever. You know, you're, you're constantly running, um, I think, because of the speed of it and you know what you have to do on your list. Uh, for for a project and you're running it through your head or you have it on, you, in your in our sketchbook, but um, when it actually comes to it and then you get thrown a curve of something not working or just you're missing a part or you're then it's just like ah everyone's just sort of screaming and and it's fun but it's also it's 
it gets crazy. It gets really crazy. Well, it was fun. I really enjoyed blast. That is definitely a part of when it says reality television. That's it. It's that it's real. <laughs> I know. I wasn't lax. I thought, oh, yeah, you know, stop and start. It was like, no stopping and starting. It was just like full on. And I guess that's part of the, you know, part of that competition, again, with yourself, too. Well, lastly here, um, I see in my notes that you come from a family of medical professionals, and uh, you yourself, you've worked on Martha Stewart Living, uh, just a, a, an array of experience. So I know you mentioned your prop stylist currently. So what are your plans? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have business aspirations for your own business or your own line of uh, products or, or just what? Um, well, you know, I, I love what I do. I'm a prop stylist and a set designer for commercial photography, and I used to be the home editor at Martha. Stewart, and then I left there, and I decided to go freelance, and I love doing freelance. Um, yeah, it's, it's sort of a, it, it would be a dream to do a product line or to do some, you know, a collaboration of something that, that you know, as a prop stylist, you're always finding products or you're, you're finding antiques, and you're thinking, oh, this should be reproduced, or you know what, this product would be better if it would have been this color than that happened. But you're always kind of product developing in your head and a lot, a lot of similar to what Simon has to do, Simon Dunan has to do for set dressing is that he, they have to make their props and oftentimes I have to make my, uh, the props um, that I use in photo shoots, whether it's, you know, I have to paint painting or I have to repaint vases so they all match, you know, all, that stuff all is part of that sort of product development that happens um, in your own head. And sometimes when it is a prop and it's, it's only painted and it's not really glazed, you're like, God, I wish I that that vibe came in that. And, yeah, I guess it would be fun. It would be fun to actually have that that uh, opportunity to, for something like that to sort of come to fruition. I can only imagine you and your husband's home must be just fabulously decorated with your talent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people always ask me about, like, you're do you, like, change everything up really often? And I always tell them, like, I'm one and done. Like, you know, like, I, I do it, and then I live with it. And then it's like, I, as a prop stylist right now, one thing comes in, and then one thing has to go out. Because okay. there's That's no room anymore. Or any other stuff. And my husband is the same way, you know, like, um, you know, early, in, I guess early in my career, you know, when you, when you used to dumpster dive mm-hmm. and you see something on the street and I'm like, that's great. And then you take the drawer out and, oh, <laughs> and Chris will always be like, are you sure? I mean, do we really need that? You know, that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing <laughs> where it, it really is one thing and one thing not. Remember that. I'm going to remember that yeah. rule. Bring something in, let something out. <laughs> That's it. I know. People are always asking me, like, organizing advice since I was the home editor at Martha, like, like what's your number one home advice? And I, mine's really basic. It's like, put it back where you found it. <laughs> you know, like, like, everybody organizes once, right? Like, yeah. But, for example, if you... If you're wrapping a gift and you get the tape from somewhere and you get the scissors from somewhere yes. and you get the wrapping paper from somewhere 
it was organized at one point, but then when you leave it on the kitchen table and you leave it, you know, in a different drawer, then you're completely disorganized. Exactly. Well, Melania, I have learned so much from you today for this <laughs> chat. I really have from the making it show that it is you get in there and it's, it's straight through. There is there are no breaks that you, you guys mean this stuff here. Unto um, organization and decorating. Thank you for this. These tips, um, I need them. It was a pleasure. I really it was a pleasure need talking to you. Okay, well we will uh, just. You know, again, we have your social media handles, and uh, same as we told Kara, we will follow both of you, check on your careers, and say hello to you, and just cheer you on. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. It was great talking to you. Okay, same here. You have a great and wonderful weekend. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Film Festival Radio with Janice Malone will be right back after this. Okay, we're back here after that quick break and want to thank Melanio for that uh, really cool chat. I, I like what he said. Did you pick up on what he said about if you bring in an item or two, then let go of an item or two that's in your house so that you don't get cluttery and, you know, become a hoarder or something? And I love that. Thank you, Melanio. I'm going to always remember that. In fact, I've got some things that I need to let go, donate or something. And then, because I want to pick up something that I saw at Target, Target, of course. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, get to our next guest here. Are we ready? Yeah, okay. Karen Slaughter. She is a New York Times best-selling author. Uh, Netflix and has uh, taken one of her novels and adapted her best-selling novel, I should add, Pieces of Her, and put the Netflix magic on it, as they do, turned that into a movie. And now she is back with yet another really cool uh, novel. The title of it is False Witness that was written uh, most of last year during the pandemic, of course. And it's a very socially conscious type book. I mean, it addresses uh, things such as the, the, the ever-widening gap between the haves and the have-nots, uh, housing issues, food crisis, elder care, lack of trust, uh, just, just all the stuff that we deal with every day. Well, you can find it all addressed in this very uh, eye-opening novel that really captures and holds on to your attention there. So I really hope that Netflix or somebody, maybe HBO, Hulu, there's so many great uh, networks out here now, um, will take, and I have a feeling they probably will, will take her latest uh, false witness and also turn it into uh, a screen, big screen or small screen adaptation. So Karen Slaughter, this is not our first time talking to Karen. I think this is our third time. She is online, and we're going to bring her on board to find out more details about the making of her latest book, False Witness. Let's bring her on now. Hi, Karen. Good afternoon to you. You too. Yeah, it's always good to uh, chat with you. I think this is maybe our third, I believe, interview. And uh, you just keep cranking up these amazing bestsellers. Uh, your latest is False Witness. Ah, another page turner from you here. So, this is a, a rather socially conscious type book, that, but it's also a thriller. I understand that you wrote this during the 
pandemic. So tell us more about this book and how did you write it during such an awful time in our lives? Well, I mean, I think we all had to do some pretty difficult jobs this last year and a half. Hopefully we're at, at the uh, end of that or at least stepping towards the end of that. Um, but you're right, it is a thriller. So it's kind of a pulse-pounding, page-turning sort of read if people are looking for that. But I do touch on some, some social issues, which I've always done in my work. I think it's important for books to hold a mirror up to society. And honestly, I've been writing about a lot of things that the pandemic has magnified, you know, the, the violence against women or social disparities or the haves and the have-nots, that sort of thing. And the pandemic just gave me an opportunity to hit on these topics in a, a, through the lens of the pandemic in a way that I hadn't before. So was there any particular, there was just so many, uh, I could say, yucky issues about the pandemic. Uh, I could go on for days. But, uh, you know, are there any particular elements about it because of course it's still going on but any particular elements about the pandemic that you decided to just zoom in what were those kind of hot buttons about the pandemic that you said okay I'm going to focus on these three or four or two or whatever well you know I have two characters who are sisters and in the beginning of the book something very horrific happens to them uh, and then we catch up with them 20 years later and find out the adults they've grown into. And Lee, the older sister, is a lawyer. She went to Northwestern. She's at a white shoe law firm. And her sister, Callie, has fallen into drug addiction, and she lives a life that's sort of on the margins of society. So through these two characters, I was able to talk about, you know, people who had the luxury during the pandemic of, you know, still being able to send their school, their kids to private school, so they weren't doing a lot of virtual homeschooling. Uh, they were able to mask. You know, everybody took it very seriously, as opposed to Callie, who is living this life where, you know, taking your, your health and treating it as something precious was a foreign concept to her. You know, putting on a mask and that sort of thing just was not in her daily life. And that was a way to talk about the haves and the have-nots in a way through these two characters that show how very different America can be depending on where you are socioeconomically. Are there any elements of uh, false witness um, that you kind of had already put down in notes even before the pandemic even occurred? Because I know, you know, professional authors like you guys, uh, you know, you, you keep notes about characters as you get them in your career. For anybody or anything in False Witness that you had already previously laid down uh, to, for future novel or what? Well, I really love these characters, and I started thinking about Lee three years ago. I write the Will Trent series uh, with Sarah Linton, and there's a character named Faith who has a child, and that's something that's completely foreign to me. I've never had a kid. I'm not actually. I think babies are kind of boring. Uh, so I have to do a lot of research about what it's like to be a mom in order to write about her. And I was reading these mommy blogs, and one of them had a cartoon of the kids you see at a school play. You know, like the nose picker or the drama queen or the mama's boy. And I thought, you know, what a way to start a book to have this character, Lee Collier, at a high school musical, and she's thinking in her head, well, 
what it, my husband's playing fantasy football on his phone. How would I do like an apocalyptic mom squad? What, who are the moms I would bring to that? Like the one who made the math teacher cry or the one who punched a dog that was trying to bite her kid. You know, I want the, the hardcore moms to be on my team. Okay. That makes a lot of sense there. Uh, babies are boring. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all of you and I are kind of alike on that one. Uh, I don't have any kids either. And so, you know, my friends who have kids and grandkids, I have to, it's hard to fit in those shoes when they're, you know, ooing and aahing about it. I was like, okay, okay, I think I get it. I kind of do. But I know what you're saying. Well, my role is if you're going to talk about your kids, I'm going to talk about my cats. <laughs> what a funny trade off. <laughs> Well, before I let you go, um, Netflix is getting ready to do your Pieces of Her, eight-part miniseries there. Can you give us any details, or is it still hush-hush? Sure. They've uh, almost finished filming. They were in Australia for three months. Tony Collette is the star. Uh, she plays Laura, who's the main character in Pieces of Her. And I actually got to go on set when they filmed a, a couple of scenes in Atlanta last week. So I got to see how the sausage was made and watch all these actors moving around. And everything I'd written about on my laptop in my pajamas three years ago was suddenly being acted out by live people. Oh, that must be such a wonderful feeling to see that come to life, a project like that. Oh, goodness. That's cool. Absolutely. I can't wait until it's on Netflix. Uh, well, is, has there been any talk, or, or is it too early, about your current false witness? Do you think that's going to come to the screen, or what? You know, I hope so. There's absolutely been some talk. I'm not allowed to reveal anything, but I, I hope there are great plans for it in the future. I have a feeling there, there will be. But in the meantime, we can run out, get false witness, and while we're reading that, we'll just continue to wait for pieces of her on Netflix and such. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Miss Karen. It's always a, just a fun talking to you. And uh, if I, uh, you know, I'll remember that with my friends. If you're going to talk about babies, I guess I'll have to talk about shoes because I don't have any cats or pets. So. <laughs> That's a good one. Exactly. No one's as interested in your shoes or your baby <laughs> as you are. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you, Karen, and I hope to talk to you when uh, False Witness becomes, uh, you know, on the mini screen. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, we are back with uh, our final guest for this week's show. And uh, like our previous guest, Karen Slaughter, this guest is Julie Murphy, and she is also a New York Times best-selling author. She's also had one of her books, uh, more than one actually, turned into films. And most recently, her best-selling novel, Dumplin', uh, which is now a film on Netflix. So now she is back with another 
really cool film, a uh, book, I should say. I'm, I think I'm speaking it into existence because I'm just pretty certain this book is probably going to become a film of sorts here. Again, is uh, Julie Murphy, and uh, she's best known for her young adult novels that are such bestsellers around the world. But now she has a new novel for us older adults. Uh, it's titled If the Shoe Fits. And this is Julie's first entry into writing uh, novels for the more mature adults. I'd say, what, 2018 and over that group. That's us. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, uh, it's, it's a takeoff of the Cinderella story. And um, this is a, uh, you know, kind of, it's a, the classic fairy tale story of Cinderella. Uh, but it has, of course, it has a more modern day spin on it. Um, Cinderella, for one thing, she is a plus size her- heroine. She is, you know, the hero, heroine. And, but she's a plus size. You know, we all grew up with Cinderella being, you know, a size double zero. Nothing wrong with being a size double zero or a single zero. I can't get either one, but that's okay. Um, this character, Cinderella, she, in this particular novel, she's a plus size Cinderella, and she gets the glass slipper. But it's got a twist on it, and it's a lot of fun to read. Um, if you're a fan of reality television and fashion, this book kind of, and, and fairy tales with, with really pretty leading ladies, all together in one, you will love this book, Julie Murphy's current, If the Shoe Fits. And um, this is uh, connected into Disney. Uh, this is one of their properties, uh, this book is, and so you just know Disney does it right. And I just have a feeling If the Shoe Fits is also going to, again, become a film of sorts. So, uh Green lights blinking and a blinking, so that means Julie Murphy is online. So let's bring her on board so we can hear about the making of her current book, If the Shoe Fits. Yeah, let's hear it. Hi, Janice. How are you? I'm great, Julie. So nice to chat with you. Um, Thanks, you too. Yeah, I've got your book, If the Shoe Fits, is your latest one. And oh my goodness, what a really cool modern day spin on the classic Cinderella fairy tale here. I I just love what you've done with it. Just love it. Thank you. Well, let's just jump right in here. Um, your book has been described kind of sort of as, as, as romance meets reality television. Uh, and as we all know, it's very unusual for reality shows to have a romantic, happy ending. <laughs> it's just the way it is. <laughs> well, it, it just isn't. So, um, and, and this I understand, this is your first time into the adult novels uh, trend. So what is that like for you? Yeah, you know, as far as the reality television setting, uh, since this is a Cinderella retelling, the reality television show felt like a really good stand-in for the ball that is so iconic in the Cinderella story. Um, and then, you know, I've always written young adult novels and middle grade novels, and so I've had my eye on writing an adult novel for quite some time. It's something that I've wanted to do for a while. And getting to step into the space with this specific book 
felt really natural. It felt like a really easy progression for a lot of my teen readers to follow. And then, you know, I'll be honest, I have quite a few adult readers, too, who I think are pretty delighted by the idea that this has an adult protagonist. So it's, it feels like a good fit. It sounds like it's, you've had a lot of fun with that, this project, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, it just it felt really natural, really writing from the seat of my pants. Very exciting. Well, now, um, as I said, you know, this, this is a whole different modern-day spin on the classic Cinderella tale, fairy tale. So give us just a clue and some, some hints about how uh, If the Shoe Fits is different from the, the, the regular Cinderella story we all grew up on. Yeah, so If the Shoe Fits is a, you know, modern retelling of Disney's classic Cinderella. Uh, it's got a rom-com spin on it this time, so it's a little bit of a romantic comedy. And Cinderella is now Cindy. She is a recently graduated uh, fashion student. She's also a young plus-size woman, and she finds herself as a contestant on this reality television dating show. So it's definitely a hallmark of my books that um, all the main characters are plus-size, as a plus-size woman, it's really important for me to see myself on the page. And so as soon as I took on this project, I knew that that would be, uh, first and foremost, probably the biggest change. And that does definitely put a different spin and a happy, positive spin. I know the book just came out, but uh, what are some of your maybe new readers, um, your new fans, what, what's been their reaction, especially to having uh, a character who has really just kind of sort of the, the normal dress size that most women, especially in America, have. So what kind of feedback have you gotten? Yeah, you know, like you said, the the average American woman is over a size 14 now. I think it's 60 to 70% of women, actually. And so a lot of people have been waiting for something like this, especially for so many of us who grew up on these fairy tales uh, to be able to see someone who looked like us then and who looks like who looks like us now um, is a really special thing for a lot of us, I think. And so a lot of these new readers who are discovering me by way of this being my first adult book are really, you know, getting to sort of satisfy that childhood fantasy of being able to see themselves while also, you know, letting the adult version of themselves dream about what could be. So it's been really exciting. Now, was Cinderella, was as, as you were growing up, was that uh, one of your favorite books or characters or stories or what? Yeah, you know, Cinderella was definitely not the first Disney princess, but for me she was my first Disney princess. Oh. So she was the princess who I remember sitting in my grandmother's living room with my nose too close to the TV as she yelled at me <laughs> to, like, take a step back or else I'd lose my eyesight. Um, but I just had to obsess over every little detail of her. Uh, there's definitely a few others from my childhood that I love and, you know, still to this day love. Uh, but Cinderella really stands apart. She really felt like, you know, the first princess for me. Now, what is it like for you to uh, to be selected to write the first novel for the Meant to Be series? Yeah, this is really different than my normal process with a publisher. Normally, I am coming to a publisher with, you know, an original idea and pitching it to them, but this time Disney had this vision for this line and reached out to me to be a part of it, and I was able to, you know, come up with the layout of the story. Uh, but it's really, you know, such a surreal thing without getting too cheesy. It's kind of been my own fairy tale princess experience in a way. Um, I never thought that I would get to sort of like stick my hands in and play in the sandbox of one of my favorite Disney princesses. So it's it's really a pinch yourself kind of moment. 
Now, in addition to, of course, your current book, If the Shoe Fits, you are such a successful uh, author. One of your many books, New York Times number one bestseller, Dumplin', which became a film on Netflix. Any early talk about If the Shoe Fits, going bigger places, bigger screens, or, or what? I mean, I would love to see it. Uh, if anyone has the um, mechanisms for it, it's Disney. So oh, we'll yes. see what happens. Okay, for sure. Yeah, because Disney, oh, my God, when you say entertainment, it's Disney. One word. It's all <laughs> yeah, needed. Yeah, it's so true. Well, finally, uh, have you started on your next project? Will there be another uh, book for the Meant to Be series or, or just what? Yeah, so I am happily passing the baton to the next author for the rest for the next year, the next book in the series. Uh, each book will be written by a different author and will take on a different Disney princess. So I will gladly sit back and watch that happen. I will look forward to the announcement when that comes. And um, as far as me, I've got a new book out in November, actually, a new young adult book out. It's the second book in a duology, and I have another adult romance out next year. Oh, my. You So your next year is already planned for you. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We, in publishing, we plan years and years in advance. <laughs> oh, goodness. And lastly, um, if people want to say hello to you and let you know how much they like If the Shoe Fits, how can they write to you, contact you? Sure. You can find me on my website at imjuliemurphy.com, or you can just find me on Twitter and Instagram at and I'm Julie. And I'm Julie. Oh, that's so cute. And I'm Julie. I might borrow that. <laughs> and I'm Janice. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't have the same ring as yours, but I'll take it. <laughs> wow. Well, Julie, thank you so much for for chatting with me. Thank you for the book. I'm looking at it right now. If the shoe fits, and I'm just going to, I have a feeling it's going to be on a Disney screen very soon, so we'll enjoy it even further. So thank you again for chatting with me. <laughs> thank you so much. This was so wonderful. Thank uh, you. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. Thank you, everybody. We are out of time here, really running out of time. want to thank all three of my guests. Make sure you go out and support their their projects, their books, and their television shows, their films, or whatever that we bring to you on the show. Really bunch of talented people that we have on the show. I just wish I had half their talent. But anyway, uh, thank you guys, as always, for listening to the show. Do you feel better now that you've listened to the show? If That is, if you were having a bad weekend. That's only if. And uh, hopefully we, we kind of cheered you up a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay. Well, listen, we're going to sign it off, and we will see you guys next Saturday, same time, right here on Film Festival Radio Show. So have a great rest of the weekend and also a good next, next week, too. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.